Welcome back to the Ali B. Artiste podcast. Uh, my special guest today is all the way from Norway, um, Rachel Wolf. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here. This is really special. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I met Rachel through a psychic Zoom group. Um, there's uh, this group of people who are into metaphysics and um, some psychics and healers and uh, really talented authors and artists are on there too. So I remember when we met, um, uh, we were complimenting each other on our smiles because <laughs> we were both just like smiling. We we're both really, uh, I don't know, shining bright. I feel like whenever I see you, I always, uh, I always think of just this like bright light full of inspiration and hope and, um, and I love your smile. So, <laughs> so I just wanted to give that quick intro on how we met. And um, I, uh, I forgot to ask you how to introduce you because uh, I know you're an artist, but I feel like you do a lot more. There's a lot more depth and layers to what you do. And, um, and you've been like all over the world. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to hand the mic to you and let you uh, tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Uh, well, I just learned a uh, term from Dr. Barbara Klebe on another Zoom call uh, called polymath. And basically it's it, not all of us because we can't really generalize all of us, but most of us or many of us are born polymaths. We're interested in a lot of things and then we kind of get trapped or mired up in other people's ideas about what we can do or can't do. Yeah. And and that's actually been a kind of continual hoop or um, challenge at times for, you know, because people want to identify you right away mm -hmm. and they want to go, oh, you, you're this person that does that. And so titles are not bad, right. but they, of course, don't encompass the complexity and, and depth of a human experience. Mm -hmm. And I get the idea of expediting things. I love efficiency. That's one of the things I appreciate about Norway too. It's like, oh, that's efficient. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the speed can create a kind of erasure. So I often still will tussle with calling myself an artist because realistically, I've probably made a few pieces of art in the entirety of working really hard to make art. Mm. And I do take artists as a vocation, even though it's become a, another cultural kind of desirable thing to become. Mm -hmm. you know, everybody seems to really want to be a creator. And the thing is, we all are creators, but I wouldn't call everything I've ever done art. Okay. Um, so that's why it's like, well, if I say, oh, I'm Rachel Wolf, I'm an artist. It's like it conjures up associations where I'm like well that's not who I am because I'm a failed bohemian so I'm not any good at that expectation so it's like it almost seemed like the term artist made all these expectations where I'm like but I'm I don't fulfill that and I fulfill that and so what do I call myself um because I'm also in transition mm. And so I liked polymath, which was a new term. 
But synesthete is one that's been with me since I was 14 and is something that I assumed everybody had as well, but they don't. <laughs> so I, I do identify as a synesthete. And can, you, uh, can you define what that is or? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, um, it's different for different synesthetes, but it's um, having auditory, it's kind of sensory confusion would be the broad, vague sense of it, but to experience smells and sounds and it, it can freak people out because it sounds like you're maybe schizophrenic or inventing alternate dimensions, but it is an actual neurological thing that happens in people's nervous systems where they experience uh, colors to have smells or sounds. And of course, yeah, in the Zoom group where people can talk about vibration and perception openly, it's a safe space for a synesthete. And a lot of musicians are synesthetes. And it's like, if you talk about inspiration, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's the lived experience of the everyday life that is so colorful and, and sensory and so art or another means of nonverbal communication is a preferred way to communicate because bringing into language as authors do, uh, it can be tough. And it's, and I know ease is the preferred mode of our existence. We like ease. We don't want to contend with cognitive dissonance or cloudiness or unclarity, but uh, sometimes uh, it was called mental turbulence. I think Da Vinci wrote about it. Uh, that is actually where creativity comes from too. So we have to also hang out with discomfort. And mm-hmm. syn- so, yeah, I like the idea. I like being called a synesthete. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm also okay with being called a woman, which has also become oddly controversial. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's like oh, so are you against trans? It's like, no, I'm just a woman, okay? <laughs> uh, so I, I mean... I'm pretty much okay with most titles except for overt insults. I mean, because the other thing is I've done many jobs and I think a lot of people have, we've worn many hats and that's a part of life. So it's really funny. We're living in a strange time. I think. (laughs) I know. I know. Well, so recently I've been reading a lot of uh, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. So the four agreements and uh, the actor. So he talks about us being artists and creators in our own lives. So I think when I, when I see you, I, I just feel like you embody that. And so I think that's why artist was the first thing that came to mind, um, thinking about like your photography and uh, and just all of your creations and just how um, just how you embody yourself and how you you know embody the things that you believe in and that you talk about and um, just you're just such a beautiful person. I just <laughs> so um, sweet. Yeah. So uh, you had, when you had emailed me originally, you um, were talking about, so I forgot to write it down. It's not in front of me right now, but you were talking about um, how doubts uh, kind of are helpful. Wait, I can't remember if you said it are helpful in a sense or the depth, depthness is helpful um, and kind of, uh, you know, navigating through the doubts maybe or navigating through, um, 
uh, other people's fears and whatnot. Um, yeah, I, I, I hand it back over to you because I'd love to hear uh, what, where you were going with that. Sure. So I used to think doubt was a, an integral part of doing good work. Mm. And I think I picked that up through communication that I received when I was in graduate school. And philosophically, doubt, I guess, could be conflated with critical thinking, okay. which was something that I had already struggled with being really critical, you know, as a growing up as doing dance and piano, it was like, you know, you, you repeat emotion, you repeat a gesture, you repeat a thing. It's like, well, I didn't play that right. Which means I didn't press the right key and the key, the right being that it matches. There's, there's notes on a page, there's instructions from an instructor. So it's, it's performance. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of ideas about how to make art. And one of them would be being genuine and not performing. But then that goes into all those questions of a self. And if you have a self mm -hmm. and all the philosophical things. So it's like critical thinking is already built into, into this job. Mm -hmm. And doubt I thought was really helpful because of ideas about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm coming now back like almost full circle where it's like, no, the intuition is actually a more poignant and powerful tool. Mm -hmm. But for a while that was useful in developing maybe linguistic fluidity to navigate intercultural contexts. So the doubt was really about creating critical distance, I think, and being able to see, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to edit your own writing, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to edit your own photo series. You know, that was what we had editors for and curators and, you know, people cooperated and worked together, but now we're in a context where it's like, okay, so an artist is supposed to be a genius and doing it all on their own and the DIY and, that has become accepted. So doubt would be useful in saying, well, wait a second, what, what about us cooperating again? Yeah. What about different roles and things like that? So mm -hmm. doubt's useful, but I'm kind of pulling the plug on it a little bit because it can also create excess rumination. Obviously it's yeah. like suddenly a really clear, simple heart to heart connection becomes really mental. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of words. So suddenly instead of having like the four agreements or a lot of my favorite books are really short mm -hmm. and a sentence will be jam packed full of information. And then there was this whole like, well, let's unpack that. So it's like, yeah, then that really meant like, let's take on the multiplicity of perspectives mm -hmm. around that. And then if you do that yourself, that's great because you can really see things from multiple sides, but you could really lose yourself in the whole process. Yeah. And then it becomes kind of stale. And then I think there was a point where I felt like, all right, what I'm doing is really stale. What I'm making is starting to become stale. Mm -hmm. And so maybe doubt isn't that great anymore. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's like having your own fight with yourself is like kind of futile. And yeah. then, and then it's like make believing this. And it's hard to talk about outside of the context of academia, because like from the art world, say, for example, someone who's doing a job and they're busy with their life, they're like, why the hell should I care about this needless complexity? Yeah. And, and they have a point too. So it's like, yeah, it's the confusion at a certain point is like, whoa, okay, back to the present. And that's why I love you know, the way you communicate in the, the Zoom calls and things like that too, because it's like someone could construct their own myth around everything and then lose touch with, and I think that's what people are saying when they're saying what, what's going on with art in the art world. It's like, it's, it's, it's lost touch sometimes with, and that's not, is that good culture work is that good art then <laughs> right because then it you know sometimes it becomes oh, it becomes forced because um you think that you have to keep creating and keep creating and I get stuck in cycles of that too where I'm like okay well this is what I do I need to keep painting I need to keep producing something and um to make me you know to make it feel like I'm productive or that my you know what I'm doing is worth it or whatnot but um, going back to the doubt, I, you know, in my own journey of learning to listen to my own inner voice, there's uh, this sense of, you know, in the beginning, doubt, uh, it does help because it, it, it sometimes was deterring me away from something that wouldn't have benefited me. And so when I learned not to take it personally, and I learned not to take it as a negative thing, it's not like, as long as the doubt is not coming from like other people's point of view, if it's my own, where it's like, ah, that doesn't feel right. Or that doesn't, you know, it, something's off about a certain thing. Then it's, you know, it's kind of navigating me to something else, something better. And then that's when I can fine tune, you know, where almost like letting go of all the, what am I trying to say? It's like, figuring out what you don't want to do so that then you can narrow it down to what you do want to do or what, what is, you know, a path or a decision that is, that is beneficial to you. And, um, you know, so I, but I think there's a difference between the doubts of other people and like fears of other people and other, uh, other mindsets, other beliefs other than your own. And I mean, really, if you, <laughs> If you get really deep into it, you realize that all of your beliefs and all of your mindsets are, are from someone else at some point <laughs> or another in your life. So it's really just, I know. So it's like, you can't win at all. I'm like, you know, I listen to a lot of Alan Watts too. And, um, you know, he's like, you know, I don't know. He, he's very playful and stuff with his stuff. I can't remember what I was trying to get at with that, but, um, it's like, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. So you might as well just enjoy what you're doing when you're doing it at every point. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, everyone talks about enlightenment and, and getting there, but there's nowhere to get. It's all here, <laughs> all right now. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, one day maybe you'll, you know, hit the lottery or one day uh, you'll, you know, 
you'll get to this point that you've been dreaming about, but then what, then you'll have another dream. So it's like, you know, there's always, there's always more to life. So it's, you know, when you completely immerse yourself in where you are now, then it's like, it doesn't mean that you don't want things and it doesn't mean that you, you aren't striving for things, but you can also like really just enjoy it here. Like it's okay to enjoy where you are, even if it's not there yet. Right. Yeah. What you just said was, you know, there's a, there's a lot I've learned in moving to Norway and encountering Kierkegaard has been one of them. And that's okay. When you said, you know, damned, if you do damned, if you don't, he would say you, you'll regret if you do, and you'll regret if you don't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, energetically words have charge and regret is typically considered negative. And that's what I meant by dark too, is that, there is a belief going around that, you know, everything should be light. And it's really funny that somehow all that light somehow creates this new thing, you know, everyone complaining about superficiality then. So then if we want to go and make depth and do that kind of labor and sift through all those influences to still you know, if whatever your creative goal is, if it's to find your essence that was untouched before all that influence, if you could reach that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then why would you want to reach that? And maybe that isn't the ultimate creative goal anymore, just because that was at a certain point that was used. We know it's very well documented. We know art is used as political rhetoric and propaganda. Mm -hmm. And as a creative person, if you want to participate in that, you can, or you can't, mm -hmm. you can choose and coming to those choices. It's like, well, you may or may not be famous, or you may or may not make money off of it. Then and it's like, so then what's important to you? What do you value in? And, you know, I really struggled with, you know, art for art's sake, you know, doing something for the, the joy of it and the pleasure of it. And then when I asked myself, but what, what work do I like the most? There was always a lot of heart and soul, even in photographs, even in commercial photography. I mean, Richard Avedon or, you know, Sally Mann, she's, she wasn't necessarily a famous commercial photographer, but she did portraiture, you know, to make her living. But then she made portraits of battlefields because we know that places carry traces of the energy of what happened there you can feel it when you go to you know historical sites especially in Trondheim where there was it's like there's a wall where I can barely walk past it without becoming nauseated it's like it's not everybody can feel that mm -hmm. and I didn't even know that that wall was you know, a firing wall, but I could feel stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so when it comes to art and, you know, what's important to do, it's like, and the doubt and the, what it's all used for, it's like, well, the stuff that really clicks in with me is again, it's, it, it isn't hyper intellectualized stuff. Even if I can, I could do that. I can play that yeah. role. Yeah. But the art that I feel like people really click in with, it has feeling, but that, that art right now isn't necessarily always 
going to garner the attention because we're in a time where things are about the meta meta and it's like, it's so meta and it's so out there. It's like, it's almost, I almost feel like it's, it's almost like drunk speak. And it's like, you know, we've all been tipsy and it's fun to just say a lot of stuff, but when you wake up in the morning, the next day, you know, did that feed you, did that nourish you? And when I saw you or I'm seeing artists who are genuinely going into what their values are and their heart connection, you know, aesthetically and whether they're aware of art history or not, it's like, I think people, I still believe people feel that they feel that genuine sincerity and it's, it's not just sentiment, like sentiment. sediment I think of as sediment and when you were saying something about um where everything comes from I thought a little bit of Sophie Strand's writing and how she talks about stuff that goes into the dirt you know the mycelium and the you know the stuff that actually feeds the roots of creativity Uh actually does happen in the dark And of course the light activates it, but you know, nothing much grows in the Sahara. So what kind of creation are you involved in? Are you making a desert, a silicon, you know, Mm -hmm. sand desert, or are you making a lush forest? You know, what's your world? What's your, what's your energy? What's it's, it's, I, I feel we like people are hungry for stuff that has soul. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that's why I really was excited about your, <laughs> your, uh, your podcast and the things cool. that you're creating. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It has life and vitality that mm-hmm. um, that's what I tried to strive to maintain in this field. And I, I can tell you, it hasn't been easy because it's, it's, it's really kind of looked down upon as, you know, it's not cool. <laughs> it's like, right. it's like that's so, yeah, that's so it's true. Like, you're supposed to be cool. And I was like, right. what does that mean? <laughs> like, but I burn for things, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny you say that because like, I, I feel like I struggle really hard with, uh, you know, trying to get exposure for my books and my art and stuff, because a lot of, especially you know, my books are from, you know, are about like my whole transformation. And unless someone's going through a similar thing or unless they're uh, curious about spirituality or self-discovery, then they're not really, you know, it's not catchy. It's not, um, it's not entertaining. It's like, it gets down into the raw, the raw depths of, of conditioning of, um, you know, all of, of like a shedding, all of those layers and whatnot. And, um, and so, right. So like my stuff isn't cool, as you say, <laughs> it's so funny that, that, that you say that. Cause like, I struggle with trying to, you know, building my business, trying to kind of, uh, find ways to like cater to, uh, people's interests. So it's like, 
making a website, making it look pretty and, you know, doing discount codes and, uh, you know, making flashy advertisements for the things that I'm trying to do. But like, you know, I, I, I want to get into people's heart space. I want to, you know, I want to ignite something within them, but, um, but my avenues are so I'm just so unique in what I do. And like, I'm not well-educated in a business or marketing or anything like that. So I'm kind of, you know, building myself up from scratch and just like figuring like little shortcuts on the way there. Um, but like, it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm backwards with what I'm doing because a lot of people have the education and the, um, the know-how and then they look for the, their uniqueness, their passion, their, their niche. And it's like, I have my niche, I have my passion, but I don't have all the other stuff. And so it's, it's like swapped, but like, where's my place here? You know, like where, you know, where do I, you know, where's my audience? Where do I belong here? And it's like, uh, you know, we're all so uh, influenced by, um, right, by what's cool and what's flashy and what's popular. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that, but. Um, well, we, I think that's the thing is we, we don't really know for sure. And there's a lot of enthusiasm and there's a lot of incite, excitement about new stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, I find it a bit funny and slightly hypocritical that the doubt cool crowd isn't more critical of the, because the critique of newness and progress like as if we are progressing as a species or a civilization, then the energy and the capital and the attention is going towards the very things that are so obviously questionable Mm -hmm. in terms of what they're feeding us. Yeah. And and so then therefore what we're feeding each other. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, when I come across someone who has a story like yours and I meet people who have survived and endured stuff that is invisible, but essential. I mean, Oscar Wilde gets quoted all the time. We throw quotes around on the internet and we affix them to all kinds of things, but are we doing it? Right. Are we really clicking into that meaning? Mm -hmm. And it's like critiquing the church. Okay, great. People did horrible things in the church. We know that, but there was, there was also good parts too. So I'm really, you know, the whole throwing the baby out with the bathwater stuff. It's like, I'm not saying that we need to throw away the metaverse or Twitter or anything going on either, but I'm just, I just feel like, you know, we're at the helm here. Mm-hmm. There's so much that we can do. And the question of, well, where do I belong? Where is my greatest value and service to myself and others? Right. There can be integrity there and it can connect. And, and it's not a grandiose floating thing and the new progress and everything that's like heavily critiqued by the cool kids is then recapitulated on and it's like but wasn't the point of like 
creating something timeless or that lasts is also to say something true that when you do say something true, whether it has your face on it or Mm -hmm. someone else's face, it's true and it will resonate for a really long time. And I think that's important because of course there's suffering affixed to that. I looked this up in 2015, oddly, I'm really into etymology um, and epistemology and how we determine what's knowledge or wisdom. And that's a really, you know, mental space. It's, uh, it's totally philosophy based, but (laughs) words have a history. We have documented the, change of their meaning and they do change but i looked up the meaning of endure Mm -hmm. and right in the meaning of something that endures is embedded suffering so suffering and challenges and doubts and worries and these questions that are hard to answer are are part of the course here and so someone's suffering isn't meaningless and it isn't just something to use for a marketing campaign either. Right. right. And that vulnerability, I think, of course, people are looking for in people's art. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to bring that into artwork. And, and then the people that do, sometimes that's not even seen or appreciated until, you know, postmortem. And yeah. yeah. There's a joke that, of course, dead art is easier to deal with because then you don't have to deal with the artist. Oh. <laughs> it's like, that's a dark truth. But at the, at the same time, we live in the time where an artist can connect to people through these mediums. But it is tough because we know that algorithms are geared towards a certain narrative or as is often called the different canons of discourse. And if you fit in, you fit in. And if you don't, you, you're rubbish. And that's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> <I agree. laughs> like, yeah. My friend, Jamie Grace, she says it more gracefully than I can. Um, maybe, maybe she'll be able to hop on with you. And I, I, I find myself quoting her a lot. She'll be like, yeah, but everything has inherent value Mm. and worthiness. And that kind of love resonance is something that I thought art was supposed to be about. And, And that kind of art, you know, when you go to a museum and you see, yeah, terrible scenes, you know, paintings of like people dying and blood splattered. It's like, uh, it, it was, it, it did that. It, it yeah. performed that purpose of connecting people to thinking mm. and caring. And it's like, it wasn't superficial and topical. And, right. and so we can do that. And we can do that on a podcast. We can do that in a photograph. We can do that in a painting or a performance or a book. Yeah. I mean, and if we don't do that, if we just let things go to the, whims of popularity Mm. i think we're yeah we're that's undermining Mm. worse than doubt yeah (laughs) i think that i think that you know some people are not there are a lot of people that are 
possibly either not capable or not don't understand enough about depth to really even be able to uh, to absorb it. And so, you know, even if, Mm. you know, that's why some people will see something and like, it'll trigger something in their minds, but they won't be able to see that actual depth until maybe later on in life when they've experienced something. Oh, so true. Oh my gosh. That has happened. I mean, that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, yeah. Cause I, my first, uh, introduction to, to like spirituality. So like I was raised in a cult and then I was in like, uh, like Christian church up until, uh, I got married. Then I was like atheist. And then when I got divorced, I was like opening up to different things. But while I was still married, I went to this shamanic, uh, journey, uh, meditation type thing. And, uh, I remember I explained what I went through and like, they were all like, all the people were really impressed that I was really open and, uh, And I was just like, this is just weird. Like, I don't really know what to think of it. And I, you know, I was still very much in fear and I was, you know, in a emotional, emotionally abusive relationship and uh, controlling relationship. So like, I was, you know, I, I didn't believe myself. I didn't believe the things that I saw. I just didn't know what to, what to make of it. But then I went to another one after I'd gotten divorced and my mind was more open to everything because I was not, I was no longer limited with everything else going on. Um, I went to another shamanic journey where the guide from the first one showed up at that, at that one. And this was like, you know, a difference of three years. And so, and I remembered that and it was just a, a, it was like a correlation where I could piece things together. And that's, you know, around that time was when I started piecing everything together. I'm like, Oh, this, you know, I don't know. It's a very cool, uh, very cool experience to have. And, um, and it just shows that, you know, if you're not ready for something, um, you know, you're not going to be able to see it and that's okay too, because there's some people that just, you know, they just want to come here. They want to work a job and, you know, go home and have a beer and watch TV. And that's okay too. Like, I think, I think you were saying something like that earlier where it's like, you know, there are people who want more out of life and, and we want others to see more out of life because we so see so much in them. And it's, so it's hard to, you know, you know, in the beginning for me, in the beginning of my whole discovery journey, it was hard for me to recognize that people weren't ready to see what, you know, or realize things that I did. And I'm like, this is so cool. Don't you all want to know? <laughs> but now I realize like, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a process for everybody and everybody's process is different. And everyone's mind is different. All the connections made in the mind are so different. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you respond. And then I think we should um, hop off because <laughs> I, I love talking to you. I think we could talk forever, but I yeah. don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So go ahead with response. Yeah. So what you're saying is so true. And that's something that I've had to learn how to kind of back off from where it's like being overly emphatic. It's kind of like, it's funny because I, you know, I went and I studied practical things. I I didn't go to art school out the gate, even though I wanted to actually, I didn't necessarily even want to go to school. I wanted to be a dancer. 
And it was like, well, what are you going to do for a job? And it's like, well, dancers get paid. It's a job. And, you know, maybe it doesn't last that long because it's really tough on your body, but it's like something to do. And then I'll figure it out as it goes. But that way of thinking was, you know, not a cultural structure that was deemed very sound from where I came from. I know I came from the Midwest. So I can understand mindsets and trajectories of lives that have no interest and see no value in the things that so and I because I grew up around that Mm -hmm. I grew up in small town Americana and even if I grew up in small town Norway or small town Italy I mean just that's a totally valid existence as well. And, and a lot of people that I've met, a lot of them are happier than me at times, you know, because you, you know, safety and security isn't a horrible thing either. I mean, it, that is often demonized in creative communities. It's always about expansion and pushing your boundaries. And it's like, well, then at a certain point, maybe you end up with psychosis or all the other cliche things that everyone assumes an artist or creative has. And, and, and that though, those things happen, not because it's that person's fault even, or their genetic programming and all these stories that we say, it's like, in terms of creating art or culture or society and those things are all deeply related because we are relational beings yeah you know we don't even if someone reaches the pinnacle of celebrity they also still have very human needs that a person in a small town has and so all those different challenges actually are so I feel unifying in a way, though not reductive. Yeah. So the one of the things I guess that when you're when you're speaking that I I always still advocate for is you know that plurality and and so in terms of surviving and value and whatever I'm doing and creating and is that I'm still looking for yeah places to connect and just like anyone would be and you don't always have to go to Japan to find that you know you can find that in your small town but if you can't find that in your small town if you can't find that wherever you are or the support or to be seen then sometimes you do have to move and that's okay and People will have one of the other, I guess, closing arguments that I would have is like, <laughs> people have judgments and that's okay because they're doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And I think how you put it was a really light and true way of putting it, that it's, it's okay. And whether it's fear or not fear, there's that famous book, Art and Fear. Uh, we all have fears, even the most accomplished people. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's, 
yeah, we could talk for weeks. I feel like we could, <laughs> we could go on a pilgrimage and just, you know, it was something that people used to do too. Yeah, yeah. In terms of culture, it's like people got together and they walked for months. Oh, wow. And they camped and they walked and they walked and they camped and they, you know, they had these connections and their lives were meaningful. And that was a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. And nothing's really stopping us from doing that right now either you know we have we do have different demands on us today than than the 1800s and we do have more freedoms so we do have more responsibilities too and that's those types of I'm looking at a scale I keep looking over at the scale (laughs) and it's kind of it's stuck like this maybe because of it's old. I don't know, but I'm like, you know, when things tilt that way, it's like, what is that impulse in us to equilibrate things? Uh And because then even when we equilibrate things, then we'll want to tilt it the other way. It's like, like you said, it's like this endlessness of moving through things. And that's, we don't have to belabor it. It's like, it's, that's actually cool. And yeah, I, I, it's almost like I keep coming back to this uh, essay where I said I have nothing to say and why I want you to care because <laughs> at the end of all the words and saying, it's like people will take what they can out of it it's and leave so the rest. True. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. And in that way, horrors, struggles, pain, suffering, even cults, it's like, Oh my God, I've met a couple people who talked about surviving a cult. I'm like, but how did you break free? Because it's so invisible and you do get actually trapped. Yeah. And that's not truth. Right. And that can happen with art and culture too. It's like, like, it's all, you know, any system, you know, we talk about religion, we talk about politics, we talk about patriarchy, we talk about, you know, all of that, they're all controlling systems just to, or to create control and structure in the environment, in society, in religion, in this or that or the other thing. And, you know, if you really, I could go on about this. If you really think about it, like we're all, you know, I, I try to, you know, bring myself back to like primate being like a um, primal, primal is what I'm thinking, where it's like, you know, we came on here, if these systems weren't put in place, we would just, you know, we would just live. We would just be like animals. We would just get food and we would build a shelter. And, you know, um, it's like all these systems in place, but like, whoever said we had to do all this stuff like you know <laughs> you know it's like it's all this control but really like why do you know you know we have laws in place and whatnot that that uh encourage us to follow the rules to follow the laws or else you'll get a fine or else you'll go to jail or else this that or the other thing um I don't know, but I always, you know, whatever I can get away with, I'm going to because, <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I'm a human, I'm a, I'm a living being. And, you know, when I feel, you know, if I feel an impulse to do something, if I feel, uh, you know, my intuition is guiding me somewhere, I'm not gonna like, it's like, I don't know, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like I'm better than or anything. I think we all should, should follow that. I think we all should uh, be in tune with that. And it's not like, it's not that I'm better than anyone else type of thing. It's like, 
you know, any of us should be able to just, you know, I don't know, hop a fence and go, go on a hike in someone's property or something (laughs) Um, without getting arrested. Just like, just for the fun of being able to be in the woods, to be in nature, to, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I went on a a whole tangent there. I think we're, (laughs) um, that's funny too, because the, the ability to roam freely or camp and whether you pay or don't pay is, those are all decisions that someone else made Mm -hmm. that we can, we're supposed to be able to influence. Everybody talks about influence and democracy. And at the end of the day, that adds up to whose voice gets heard. And so, yeah, a lot of people can have their voice out there, but if people don't hear it, you know, so I, I love the, Uh, messaging things because I can fully listen and this too I mean conversation formats where I can fully listen to what someone's saying yeah but that's that's an internal lever Uh, but then to translate that into being able to move freely in the world then that's a social conundrum that can be really frustrating actually and yeah one of the things that I've learned because laws they're there, but it doesn't mean people follow because the truth is people really will see what they can get away with. So a law doesn't stop something from happening right. and it doesn't always ensure a consequence either. Right. Right. And so it's a bit, my Danish friend, John, he was, it's a bit dumb because <laughs> a person you know, I always try to be a lawful law abiding person at, at, for what, like, there's no gold star for following the laws, right? right. That is to gain social approval. Mm -hmm. Well, I agree with a lot of laws, but there are some laws that I can see can, it's like creating taboos where it creates a bigger problem. Yeah. And so we still, whether there's a law or not, we are still going to have to deal with those very primal negotiations with your neighbor. And, but those laws are really, they're really powerful because at the end of the day, if you're in a litigious situation, we all do know who can afford to pay off the lawyer wins. And so that law doesn't really help the people that the law is designed to help mm-hmm. always it can but it can often benefit whoever can afford to negotiate that line and i think people are justifiably upset about those types of things because we know that we're creating our own worlds and mm-hmm. And we, I think really what people want is people to hear, hear that. And a lot of times those voices, even if they're louding, shouting, street, creating, they're falling on deaf ears or people who are looking the other way. And I think that's why we, why I I try to create acceptance around darkness and doubt and things like that too, because um, yeah, sitting with that is going to be uncomfy and And the reality that sometimes people really don't care and you really do, 
it's like, all right, so how am I going to make that matter? And I'm not for, it's, it usually ends up, I feel like I end up sounding like I'm trying to inspire a revolution which I'm not, <laughs> um, because there's a great book by James, is it Lindsay? Or it's called Fire in the Minds of Men. And that's exactly the opposite of what I'd like to do. It's like, I, I would actually like to create culture that like you're doing here with your podcast that encourages thinking and consideration and care and like all these very deep and light and joyful yeah. things because yeah you're creating a space for agency and for people to do something mm -hmm. that might be revolutionary, but it's actually a like loving revolution, right? Not just a hippie dancing in a field, having right, a great right. time. Well, then it could be actual hardworking. Yeah. You know, well, and like, you know, going back to the laws and stuff, um, you know, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, breaking big laws. I'm not talking about hurting people or anything, but I think the, the intentions behind all of your actions you take, the intentions behind your passion, the intentions behind uh, desire for revolution is the most important thing. Your intention for anything is so important because why are you doing what you're doing? You know, why are you, uh, you know, why, why should people listen to their hearts? Why should people not listen to, uh, to all the leaders out there or all the people that are, you know, blindly telling them to follow one way or another. And it's, you know, it really, yeah, I, I want people to look, look inside and, and figure out what is your intention behind everything you do? Why do you want to do it? And you know, why does it spark a fire in you and how is it going to benefit your life and how is it going to benefit the lives of others? So it's not like, I'm not here trying to create like a, um, you know, I mean, if I cause chaos, if I create, you know, if there's a revolution comes out of this, then great. You know, like as long as the intention behind it is for, uh, love for everybody, for acceptance for everybody, for, um, you know, encouraging people to follow their hearts, encouraging to follow their passion and, and creating people who are confident and empowered and who are fulfilled in life, who are happy in life. And that, you know, even within that, there are ups and downs, like you're saying, like going into the depths, like I, you know, I went through a little phase where I was like, no, I shouldn't have to, you know, go back into the depths because I was afraid that going back was going to have me spiral back down into another suicide attempt. And I didn't, I knew that I did not want that. Like I, right. I know that I want to be here for some reason, even if my mind spirals again, I know that I'm here for a reason. And, um, but, but I realized that there, there's like this, there are emotions. I'm, I'm a human being. I, you know, I have these emotions. I have energy that I need to transmute or, or put, or like, let it work its way through. And so what I learned was to, you know, embrace the emotion and continuously tell myself, it's okay. I'm okay. I'm not losing anything. This is just an emotion instead of creating the stories of like, oh no, everything's going wrong. You know, I'm, you know, I'm getting depressed again. That means that everyone hates me and, you know, I'm, I'm never going to succeed. You know, I'm going to lose my kids. I'm, all these things are going to happen. Oh. And, um, you know, I, but I, I just walked myself through, I like was so gentle, 
this was, uh, sorry, this was recently. So um, this was like the first time that I fully accepted and was okay and fully loving for the, for the emotional depth, uh, the, the deep emotional process, because before I always thought, and there were always little things here and there that like something's wrong, something's going on. But uh, I think it was like a month ago or so I like, I was sick. I, um, you know, things weren't really working, but they were, you know, with my business and I just, I felt like crap and I felt so just like depressed, crying all the time, but I walked myself through it and I guided myself through it. And I just gave myself so much love and so much gentle care and just reminded myself every single day that I'm going to make it through this. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, I came out of that, I feel so much stronger and mm-hmm. so much more like confident in myself because it was like, I was, I don't know. I feel like I was standing on these, like, I just, right now I'm picturing myself with like these roots that are firmly planted deep into the ground where it's like, those roots were there. I was like toppled on the ground, but those roots were there. And so as I, you know, as I felt better, like I stood back up with those roots. Uh, So anyway, so it's like, you know, even with the empowerment and confidence and fulfillment and happiness in life, there's going to be those, those times of depth and emotion, but it's, you know, being so gentle and so loving with yourself will help you get through it and realizing that it's just an emotion and not, you know, not creating more out of it than what it is. And I think Mm -hmm. that's a really hard thing to do because we always think there's a reason for everything, which is, (laughs) it's not, it's great to know that there's a reason for everything, but sometimes it's just, something's just got to work its way out. And, um, so yeah, like the wind. It's like sometimes the wind's warm and the wind's cold and the earth is sorting itself out and we're part of that. And I, I love that so much. And that fortitude that you're speaking to, you know, that is going to endure Mm -hmm. and, you know, a balloon that floats off. I mean, they, they wilt and they become trash and garbage. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no one wants all their intention and energy and love to just become discarded. And, you know, nobody wants that. I think at the end of the day, you know, we all want love and, we want to, I, I truly, I can't prove it, but I truly believe people want to give love. Mm-hmm. Some people don't, but I, I think if someone wants it, then they probably want to also give it. Yeah. And um, I just, yeah, I, I really resonate with so much that you're saying. It's so honest too, because it's a very different space that you're describing that isn't isn't a helium balloon and it's not going to inflate and deflate. And it's it that in terms of art and fear mm, yeah. and doubt, it's like you really actually are doing effort to you're doing work all the time. And, yeah. and in doing that labor, you become more creative, you become more resilient and that you yourself will last longer. So then you can, investigate more facets of what you want to create and then when whatever you end up creating that has the potential to also last longer too but the the truth is we I feel like even after 
a lifetime and degrees and education and books. It's like, you still can't read the whole library, even if you right. had a <laughs> lifetime. So there's still always going to be that element of the unknown mm -hmm. and the fear and new innovations that challenge us to confront things that we couldn't have foreseen. So yeah, it doesn't end. And cultivating those skills, I think it was called there's spiritual bypassing, which a lot of people know about. And then I've been thinking a little bit about a spiritual stonewalling lately. And that front, I think people can feel Mm. and it's off-putting and I don't I haven't found anything created out of a spiritually stonewalled position that lasted because also castles and fortresses crumble too so well sometimes uh, that even that is like a where people are in that in that sense is that's the best they can do yep you know, like what I've realized is that sometimes people are just not capable of 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 feeling such such depths and so bypassing is just their way of surviving and that's okay too like i've you know it's right what How'd i do you get out like, of the cult <laughs> right <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so like a lot sometimes i'll see you know I'll, I'll feel an energy feel you know certain people and realize okay well maybe this person's just not for me to connect with and like that's okay too because maybe they would hate me because because i'm just <laughs> because I'm just so, you know, raw and, and that's okay. So like, I, I feel like, you know, there are so many people and so many different like parts of their journey and like different and like levels, but I don't want to say levels because there's so much fluidity everywhere. And, you know, there's people that are meant to connect and sometimes you connect with a random person once and then never again, or you connect, you know, on so many different levels. And then there are other people that like, you know, you know, other groups of people that connect with each other. And, you know, it's like, as long as you can find people that resonate with you, that will help inspire and empower you and support you. Like, I feel like that's important. And sometimes it can be the same person, but not, you know, there's one person's very supportive of you one day, but because they're going through some shit the next day, they're not going to be supportive. So it's like realizing when it's aligned, realizing when, uh, when you're aligned with someone, when timings, you know, feels right. And when you're not forcing things to happen, then that's when like, you know, that's when you get into a flow with, with anyone with it, you know, any person, but I realize, yeah, I just realized like, you know, those people that you're, that you're talking about and their creations, their artwork, that stuff is going to resonate with other people who are also, you know, in the same you know, boat as they are. And so it's like, well, it's not for me, but it might be for somebody else. Like creation is creation. Art is art. And, you know, not every piece of art is going to resonate with everybody. And so not every person's going to resonate with everybody. Not every sunset resonates with everybody. It's like, you know, it's just a whole part of life. Like, you know, we just find things that we like and find things that, that work with us. And I think that's, you know, that's, the most important thing just to keep us going, to keep us, you know, uh, keep us feeling good about ourselves. And, right. um, yeah. Yeah. There's an idea that liking something is superficial. And I always laugh a little bit because it's like, well, I met people that don't like chocolate. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you know, so when, when you talk about liking something, it's, then you're talking about taste. And that was something that I thought was so oddly missing from serious quote unquote serious, you know, meaning approved mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. By yeah, there, there are hi- hierarchies and it's like, and, and people will always try to put everything up or down all the time. So for, for a while, you know, having a master's degree was really valued. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who actually want to put down the effort that people did yeah. to go through achieving that. It's like, right. well, wait a second. Like then people are really just posturing and, and saying plus or no about this or that. And it's like, it's really relative and it's relevant or irrelevant based off of someone's motivations. And that actually becomes really clear. Uh, But if you say that, like if you call out the elephant in the room, you know, like watch out, you are suddenly, you know, stomping on their their little parade. And it's funny because I thought, well, isn't that what art was going to do anyway? Mm. Was to, what did Lucy, Lucy Riss said it. She said, what, wasn't art one of the things that artists did was pull down the pants of things, you know, <laughs> to just show what was there. And I was like, yeah. And then the other thing art did was hold up a mirror, mm-hmm. you know, so people could see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of functions. Mm-hmm. And when you're a creative person, you know, and you're talking about intention, um, it usually does work. There's there are some times where context and intention don't align and people are just like that. It's like, oh, you're tone deaf or you're this or that. And, you know, all those different critiques that can come up. And it's like, well, you know, if you're somebody who moved to the States from South Korea, uh, you know, that's, there's a, or like me, I moved from Illinois to California to Norway and and that was, those were huge leaps for me. Yeah, yeah. And it really took years to even know what I was dealing with in each place. Mm-hmm. And, and then at the same time, when like you're talking about fluidity, everything was changing in those places at the same time too. And to, to know, even if you have the best intentions in the world, sometimes that doesn't work either. So it's like... <laughs> Yeah, at the end of the day, you're right. You really find the people that what you're doing resonates with. And and somehow we do find each other because people are looking. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think I would be more concerned if people were disengaging and totally, you know, zoning out or numbing out or all the other things that people can do. That's that's more worrisome. That's a that's a spiral that I don't even know if people are know that they're on when they're on it. So if you know that you're going into the dark and you're spiraling, mm-hmm. you can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it's hard to, it's hard to learn how to do that. And it took me many different spirals to, to actually be able to pinpoint when it was happening and just be like, and now I'm just like, okay, it's here. I'm just, you know, just, it's okay. I'm going to ride that one out. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. 
All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this to a close, but Rachel, this was so fantastic. I feel, yeah, I feel like we could just talk for hours. So we'll have to plan something that's not recording (laughs) to just, uh, just hang out on zoom here. But, um, I just, uh, wanted to ask if, uh, where can people find you? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Well, my website website is currently rachelwolf.com and on social media, Rachel Wolf is existing in many forms as a real estate agent, as a writer. And so I'm at Atlier Wolf, but all my links are on my website, rachelwolf.com. It's wolf with an E. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, rachelwolf.com. All right. I will put that in the description. And thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you on. And um you just, yeah, you just brightened my day. So thank you. Oh, I'm glad that's my intention. And you did, well, it's evening here now too. So I'm going to, I'm going to sparkle into the twilight. All right. All right. <laughs> well, you. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. Ciao.